0: All right. What is up, all you good, beautiful, wonderful citizens of Crypt Nation? It's your host, Bryce Paul, and we have a special announcement. Uh, If you guys have been tuning in, you will know that we have the Crypto 2020 Summit that we are hosting. Uh, This is going to be January 29th to January 31st. We got over 60 of the biggest, baddest speakers in crypto presenting on their projections for 2020, what their projects are going to be doing, all sorts of fun forecasts. It's going to really be amazing. And the best part of it all is it's free and it is online. So go ahead to www.crypto2020summit.com and register for your free ticket, and we hope to see you there. All right, what is up, good citizens of Crypt Nation? It is another installment of Crypto 101 with your hosts, Bryce and Pete's mind. Pete, how you doing today, brother? I
1: feel very inspired and in- in fact, I've had so much hydroxy cut and bang energy. My mind is just working at all gears. And I've got this crazy idea. I think we're going to call it Declare. And it's going to be the huge killer app for crypto where it's basically kind of like uh, Twitter. But it's just one box. You type in, you know, 160 characters. You declare whatever it is on your mind that you want the world to know for all of eternity. And then that saves as a block on a blockchain.
0: Wow, that sounds pretty intense. Sounds like, but feel-
1: I have no idea who would actually fund an idea like this. Do you have any idea, Bryce, who might be interested in
0: helping ideas actually come to life? You know, I think I might have just the guy. We are joined today by just that guy. Uh, this is Galen Danziger from Mousebelt. Uh, Galen, welcome to the show. He is the CTO and co founder. Uh, great to be on the show, guys. We are super excited. Um, Mousebelt is an awesome accelerator and in investment program. Ah, uh, kind of similar to like a Y combinator, but specifically for blockchain. And Galen, you know, just to start things off, uh, before the show, we were talking about you know some interesting news items, and you brought up a report that was very, very bullish, uh, painting a very b- bullish picture for millennial investment in uh, Bitcoin. Can you talk about that report real quick before we even get into your background or what you're building? Oh yeah,
2: yeah, absolutely. So this came out from uh, Charles Schwab. And they, were, uh, they did a report on Wednesday uh, about like an investment preferences. And it was the top five or the fifth top individual stock was the uh, Grayscale Bitcoin Trust, which is like a fund that just does manage purchases of Bitcoin when people invest money. In. So this stock, Uh, was more popular than Netflix, than Berkshire Hathaway, Microsoft, Alibaba among millennials, though not among Gen X and baby boomers.
0: Wow. So So, so this is a ticker GBTC, right? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So guys, if you you guys have a Charles Schwab account or a E-Trade account or, you know, all these different accounts um, where you can't necessarily buy straight up Bitcoin yet, And maybe you're not trying to buy, you know, futures on the CME. You could buy uh, GBTC, and like Galen had mentioned, there's a new study that just came out that says, you know, that's a top five purchase right now. So thank you for bringing that to our attention. And let's just move on real quick to, you know, who you are and what is Mouse Belt, and also tell us the fun story that you were telling us about how that uh, you used to live with a a little guy that we all know, the the founder of Ethereum, uh, Vitalik Buterin. Oh,
2: absolutely. So,
0: um,
2: I, I've been doing, uh, I'm, I'm gambling. I've been doing software for a while. Uh, I've, uh, I have done startups previously. I'd done stuff in, um, fitness and IOT. And, uh, I eventually started to get into developing for cryptocurrency, uh, just blockchain applications. I, I'd, I'd found out about, uh, smart contracts and I got more and more into that. and eventually. Um, I I started uh, with with my co-founders a uh, blockchain specific engineering group, and we saw that just we we'd been starting to build out some of these applications, and um, we're doing it over and over different different applications like wallets, um, uh, exchanges, smart contracts, different things like this, and um, eventually we teamed up uh, with a, uh, venture capital group and started in mouse belt. And, uh, this has been about 18 months ago. I want to say in, uh, uh, April, 2018, we started that and it's been going ever since.
1: So what is the difference between a venture capital firm and an accelerator? Wait, before
0: you get into that, tell us about the time you lived with Vitalik Buterin. Oh,
2: absolutely. I, I almost forgot that one. Um, Uh, So I've been living in this uh, hacker house type setup in San Francisco in uh, 2013 and 2014. And um, when I was there, uh, at one point, uh, Vitalik, someone knew him and uh, he ended up staying there for like a week or two with us. And um, it was back when he was, I think he was writing for Bitcoin Magazine and he was talking about Ethereum and uh, just sort of saying like this, we need to have a Turing complete language on the blockchain we need to be able to write uh, verifiable code. And back then I, I knew a little bit about Bitcoin, not very much. And I was thinking like, what's a blockchain? What's all of this? And, uh, he came and he came. He actually uh, talked to all, all of our roommates downstairs, and uh, he was running through this example, talking about something about like drug dealers and gold and like being able to hire an assassin. It was it was uh, oh my lord. <laughs> we were thinking at, at first, like this is kind of sketchy. I, I don't know if this is some Silk Road stuff, but uh, it it really made sense. His message, like you could write code that everybody could run to the same effect everywhere.
0: And was he pretty impressive back oh, then? Absolutely. I mean, you were like, this guy's got something special.
2: Yeah, this guy, I thought he absolutely had something special. Like that, what he was talking about being able to, uh, it, it was just a very cool concept. And um, I, I really do wish that I, I, I put money into Ethereum back then because I think it was uh, less than a dollar. So. <laughs> sort of uh missed that opportunity. But uh just the, the message behind that I I really I really it just resounded with me and I eventually sort of got into the industry and um, helping people launch their own products uh blockchain related.
1: How did you come up with the name Mouse Belt? So
2: um <laughs> this is uh this is a interesting one actually. So while I it, I think it had been in Tokyo, uh, all, all of the co-founders, the company had not yet been set up, but we were discussing it. We were talking about how this thing really needs to exist. We should make an accelerator to help all of these ideas that are coming out in like white paper stage and something else to actually build useful products and get to market because we saw a lack of useful products. So we had this concept. We weren't really sure what we we're going to call it yet. And I had uh, we, we had a meeting, I think it was with uh, some other VC group. I uh, didn't have a belt, and uh, I, I'd just been coding all day. I, I had to make it there. My pants were falling down. So I ended up tying them up with my mouse. And uh, part of the way through the meeting, uh, I guess the mouse was sort of, hanging down my pants people noticed and they were just joking about it all night and uh eventually when we couldn't really come up with a name we decided let's call it mouse belt it also sort of embodied what we were trying to back like not the companies that were raising money and going to conferences just promoting it but never delivering we wanted to back things that people didn't really care about being flashy they just cared about actually building their product
1: I love that story. And if you guys ever get proper mouse belts made as merchandise, where one end is like a USB connector and the other end you know, has like a little laser on it, I'd love to get one. That sounds amazing. <laughs>
2: Absolutely. We'll keep that in mind.
1: <laughs> because I'm always losing my cordless mice that I travel with and, or the, the little uh, receiver. But that's, that's an amazing thing. Mouse belt. I love it. So tell us a little bit about what is the difference between a venture capital firm and an accelerator? So, uh,
2: a traditional venture capital fund, they're going to give you, they'll sort of buy a stake in your company for money. And sometimes that will come with a little bit more. Maybe they'll give you a little advice, but really uh, the deal starts with them putting in money, they get their stake, and then it's on you to spend that money and get to the next stage. With an accelerator, it's a little bit more hands-on. You're getting some money. Oftentimes, it's not as much as you would from like a a venture capital group later. But it's also a program coming along with that where you're working with the the staff of the accelerator. They're trying to make sure you get to the next stage. Sometimes in traditional accelerators, like 500 Startups, uh, which I had gone through in the past, or uh, Y Combinator, Uh, That could take the form of classes and meetings and advice and just regular sessions to just check up on your progress and make sure you get to that next stage. Often, there's a demo day involved. We've actually taken that one step further at Belt, where instead of just um, giving advice, we're actively helping fill roles and gaps that are missing in your company. So when we back somebody... If they don't have enough engineering talent on their team, we'll step in and we'll help them write a code until they can hire an engineer. Uh, we'll help them make connections. Uh, we'll step in and do business development work for them too. So I'd say ours is a really hands-on form of accelerator.
0: It sounds like there's a lot of pros to having a uh, to align yourself with an accelerator versus a VC. Um, what would you say would be the con? So an accelerator if you're trying to eventually
2: really scale up your company and you need to hire a staff of like 20 people an accelerator is probably not going to do that i would say the capital amounts in an accelerator are are a lot lower than you'd see in a vc fund where they're cutting maybe like a million dollar or 2 million dollar checks that's hiring really doubling tripling quadrupling the size of your team so An accelerator is a really good thing for an earlier stage company that needs to help to get to the next stage. And sort of a natural growth progression is going from an accelerator to a larger VC fund. And that's something that we try and set up for our companies that are graduating the program.
1: That makes perfect sense. So you've seen so many different applications. What are some of the most important tools that blockchain businesses need to be successful in their first year?
2: So... I would say um, probably one of the biggest ones is just building out a product that makes sense or your users really see that they, they want to use. And I guess when I say that, some people have done white papers or smart contracts for things that there's not really a demand for, or they're building a protocol, just another protocol that doesn't seem to... Uh, have like a really compelling need, so I'd say probably one of the first or one of the best things they can do is really validate their idea, make sure there's a demand for it, and make a product that really feel fills a like a pressing consumer need. I'd say uh, another one too. If they happen to be doing a blockchain related application, really make sure what they're doing is legal. I've I've worked with some companies that they started going down the line and they, they didn't really determine that what they're doing is allowed in the jurisdiction they're operating. Like uh. maybe they were trying to sell something they couldn't sell in the U.S. and they sort of had to stop. They had to talk to lawyers, get all of that structured correctly. It slowed them down a little bit. So I would say it's really unfortunate that the U.S. is a lot more harsh than other jurisdictions, but it's something you have to deal with.
0: A hundred percent. Yeah. It it sucks to see, you know, people go down this long road and they got this great tech and all these wonderful ideas. And then just to find out the lawyer comes in and like, yeah, what you're doing is like, not going to (laughs) work. Sorry about that. And you just cut your
2: I want to say the biggest instance of that. Did you guys hear about basis? There was an uh, algorithmic
0: stablecoin. big time. They had to give all their money back. They raised what? $120 million and had to return it all.
2: Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's a big, I think they had multiple law firms arguing their ideas, trying to come up with any angle it would work. They eventually found out there's no way it will work. They had to give all their money back.
0: Yeah, that, that's a shame. I mean, kind of in the same vein, I mean, you, you see thousands of applications uh, to Mouse Belt over the course of a year, I imagine. And you guys only take the top five. Is that correct?
2: Yes. Yeah, so we do okay.
0: every, every
2: batch, we take five. And we're trying to do about two batches a year. So I'd say annually, we'll probably get about 10 companies.
0: eToro is one of the largest trading platforms in the world with over $1 trillion in trading volume on the platform every year. And they're some of our good friends and they're a great sponsor. US customers can trade the most popular crypto assets and your fees are extremely transparent. So if you're not ready to trade yet, Uh, You could also practice building your portfolio with the eToro virtual trading feature. They give you $100,000 of virtual money and you could start playing around with it and not have to risk any of your real money before you get comfortable with the markets. And best of all, you can connect with 12 million other eToro traders around the world, kind of like a social network for trading, to discuss charts and all things crypto. So go ahead, create an account today at etoro.com slash crypto 101. That helps us, that helps you, that helps them and makes everything possible here if you guys use that link. So guys, start building your portfolio the smart way. Etoro is crypto trading made
3: easy. All right, back to the show. Hey guys, TiVo here to tell you about the Ufi Video Lock, a smart lock, a 2K camera and a doorbell all in one. What I love about this product, is it is a truly all-in-one with the three-in-one. You don't have to go out and buy multiple parts. It's all in this package with the Eufy Video Lock. So if you're interested in learning more, go on Amazon and search Eufy Video Lock. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock. Again, that's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Eufy Video Lock. Get complete control over your front door.
4: Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash Wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash Wondersuite.
0: Okay. What's the criteria that you use to judge who gets picked and who gets ditched? I
2: think it's not just the idea coming in, but where we think we can get that idea to. So We'll, we'll look at a bunch of things that traditional investors will look at when companies apply. Like uh, we'll, we'll make sure that the product has a demand. We'll make sure that the industry is large enough. Uh, we'll look at the team, make sure the team is capable of executing on it. D- just a, a lot of different aspects of the idea. But if one of them isn't fully there, like maybe uh, they don't have quite the, the team isn't quite big enough to deliver on it or, they're just, they are just—they don't have all the boxes checked. If it's something that we can help them do, and we know we can fill that gap while they're in the program, and by the time they're out of it, we know they'll be delivering, they'll be launching a product or raising money, we might still admit them. So you don't necessarily have to have all the boxes checked of having a perfect company, but if you know that you're onto something and we know we can help you get there, that's the kind of company we'd like to accept.
1: Well, that makes a lot of sense there's a huge difference between having a project and launching a business. When do you think the right time is to make that conversion? I mean should it just be as soon as possible and you kind of figure out things as you go, or should you fully prepare and take as much time as you need once you know the product is fully mature or where where do you lie on that
2: So I guess the distinction between a um project and a business. I would say when you're when you're thinking about employing people and how you're going to make money, how you're how you're going to do this in a sustainable and reliable way, so that if someone works for you and depends on you to make money, they'll be able to keep doing that and they're not going to lose their job next week. I think that's when you move from like a a project mindset to a business mindset. I would say some businesses launch when they, they have a, a really strong concept. Maybe they haven't built everything yet, but they've validated it. Maybe they've gone through work to set up a list of customers. Um, they've got interest. So you could even have something operating like it's a business before you build a product. But it doesn't mean you just have an idea. You've gone out to validate right. that idea. People would have some degree of confidence right. that this is going to work.
0: That makes a lot of sense, and you know, even after a company has established themselves for a while, um, maybe they they've got that product, they've already done some biz dev, they see a product market fit, maybe they have um, their first customer on board. You know, when is it appropriate to take on another round of funding? Is it is it kind of arbitrary? Is it obvious from the demand and workload that expansion is needed, or, or are there other ways that you would suggest to gauge a potential expansion opportunity? so it would vary business by
2: business I, I think when you're when you're raising money you would have to think do we on your side do we need money uh, where would this money get us to and is there a reason someone should invest right now and if if you're raising money and you don't need the money you're just raising money to raise money that's that's a really bad reason to raise money. Honestly.
0: <laughs> You're like, well, the money uh, I feel like that's what a lot of people did in the ICO boom. They're like, Oh, Oh crap. Everybody's raising money. It's, let's just get this project <laughs> out the door and raise something. We'll figure out what to do with the money later.
2: Oh man. You could write a white paper. You could get money. You come up with some random, like weird protocol. You could raise money. Everyone was raising money. I, I don't know if that was an especially good thing. And I think a lot of those ideas, are probably not going to work out. I think most of them are not actually, but, uh, I think when, if you're not in some crazy bubble, the, an investor is going to be skeptical too. Like they, they have other opportunities, other people they could give money to. So they're going to be looking at your business. Is it going to make them money? Like do they think that there's a there's a like a market demand for it is a strong product? is the team capable of delivering, and are they going to do something reasonable with the money uh It's a lot easier to invest in a product where you know that maybe they've started to make a sale or there's demand or there's customers right there, and all they need you to do is pour some gas on the fire. That's a much easier investment to make than uh just an idea
1: yeah, a hundred percent, and it's all about you know managing your risk from uh the VC and investor level too. Uh, you know, Going back to that, like Mouse Belt itself is a pretty new company. Uh, what are some of the key performance indicators that you guys use to analyze your own business efficiency and success?
2: So I think since we are a pretty early stage uh, company, none of our companies that we've invested in have really had an exit. So uh, what we have to look at is where they are after the program uh, so we could look at values coming in and values after they've left. We've definitely seen a pretty big bump when after companies have gone through the program, launched their products, uh, started to raise afterwards. We've seen them raise from places like uh, blockchain capital. Uh, we've had other notable people invest into the companies. And we've seen that companies that have gone through, they've started to launch products, they've started to get users, they've started to raise money from bigger people. And that's sort of how we've gauged a lot of our success
1: there. What happens to a lot of these companies after they've achieved their exit or you know, the founders have got their horizon and they're out of it? You know, does the new owner, you know, are they left holding a bag that you know, just goes to die? Or do they take it to new heights? What do you see mo- more often than not?
2: Well, I I think, um, I guess there's, there's sort of different kinds of companies there. I would say most companies that we invest are largely equity investments, not token investments. And um, it's not as soon as they get another investment, uh, the founder sells all their stake and goes off with it. Generally, a founder... Uh, in a traditional company is sort of with the company through the entire journey. They might be able to, if it gets to a really late stage, uh, sell off some of their stake in a later financing round. But most traditional investments, the founder is in it in the long run. I think ICOs have kind of distorted that, where a founder might have a certain founder's stake. And once there's a token sale, they start selling some of that off and they get rich. I think that's really backwards. Uh, the founders' interest should be aligned with the company's long term.
0: Completely agree. Comple- That's the only way that makes sense. And yeah, the ICO model really was upside down, and they put liquidity in front of uh, what you just said. So I'm glad that you brought that up. And you know, kind of to close the episode out, uh, you know, we want to talk about Mouse Belt University because you know, a lot of times, you know, Crypto 101, you know, we we like to think of ourselves as kind of like, you know, a university in a sense where people come, they ask questions, we have engagements on, you know, different forum boards and social media and here, the flagship podcast. But, you know, what is Mouse Belt University? And why did you guys de- decide to create it? And how can uh, the good citizens of Crypt Nation here get plugged in with that? Oh, absolutely. So
2: Mouse Belt University is our educational initiative. And we saw there was a just a, a massive gap of educational resources in the space. Students really wanted to learn about that. We, we started to uh, visit different universities, and we saw student groups who were interested in it, students were interested in it, but it wasn't in curricula, especially at like college universities. Uh, we, we ended up seeing some classes, like we sponsored the first class at uh, UCLA, just an, an uh, official blockchain class, but it's really slow, I think any new topic is really slow to get adopted uh, into educational resources. So uh, we have, we ended up sponsoring largely student groups that like clubs, we help uh, universities set up blockchain clubs. Uh, we give them material to learn about it, to develop smart contracts, to uh, learn about like business concepts in blockchain. And we ended up working with around uh, 70 universities around the world there. Uh, We launched um, uh, a site where we hosted all of our materials and um, eventually got uh, another organization, the Blockchain Education Alliance, set up where we got major companies all across the space, uh, like Tron and Stellar and other protocols to work together to help shape blockchain education for these students. So they're getting on calls with students, helping sponsor events, really just helping more people learn about it and get into the space.
1: That's really amazing. Uh, I love that a lot. You know, maybe Crypto 101 can uh, contribute to that at some point. I know that's something that, but that's our life really, is education and blockchain. So that's awesome. And thank you for what uh, you're doing with that. We just have a few more questions uh, before we wrap up the episode. You know, we always ask, you know, who's the one person you admire in the crypto space? But I have a feeling you're already going to say Vitalik. So I'm going to throw in a twist. Besides Vitalik, who's one person you admire in the crypto space?
2: So I think uh, another person, uh, Jameson Lopp, I think is uh, he's he's a pretty interesting individual. Um, He got swatted before he's had to deal with all of that. But he's done a lot of work on security and making uh, a secure Bitcoin wallet usable. So all of the stuff he's doing with Casa and Keymaster, I think we're going to see more of those types of applications as uh, sending using a cryptocurrency wallet or or a payments flow becomes more mainstream. So I think uh, what he's on to is very cool.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, he's been on the show a couple times. Uh, big personal fan as well. And I remember when he got swatted, I think that was in 2017, maybe the fall or winter of 2017. And I remember he's a big, uh, also, you know, Second Amendment guy. And he was posting pictures of his guns and being like, yo, effing try me again. And I know who you are. And that, that was crazy. It just made me realize, oh, yeah. like, oh, my God, like, you know, this crypto stuff is serious business. People are. What do you guys mean by swatted? Yeah, like somebody basically called in, uh to the fbi or something like hey i'm gonna blow something up and here's where i am and the swat team comes to his house and breaks down his door or or something like that wasn't that like what happened yeah like a swat team showed up to his house with guns they thought he was armed and like
2: gonna take somebody out so it's a very sketchy scary situation someone could really easily get shot like that
0: yeah and and it was basically just I don't know who did it. I don't. I'm sure he found out who did it, but that was a really scary time. That something like that could happen. Like, how could the police be so misled by some fucking idiot? Anyhow, um, uh, the other question that we like to ask everybody is, you know, what? And, and I'll say just to avoid any conflicts of interest, don't name your company and don't name any company that you are invested in or that Mousebelt has a position in. But what is one company? Um, that you think is having a really, really, really significant impact on the space that we all operate in today? One company or, or
2: protocol. A, one company or protocol with a very significant impact. Well, I would say uh right now, some of the things that uh Binance is doing is actually really interesting. Awesome. They're they're starting to open up more fiat crypto gateways. Uh, they 're starting to invest in companies i 've seen coinbase do something similar, and I think a lot of these uh, larger exchanges have uh, really pushed mainstream adoption like they're they 're making it easier, simpler for people who don 't own cryptocurrency yet to start to buy some to learn more about the space to to use it and I, I think um, companies like this as they they get more mature ecosystems will start to fill some of the traditional finance and payment roles and move those to cryptocurrency.
1: Yeah, I agree. CZ is constantly adding new values like seemingly like every day. Uh, I had the pleasure of meeting him in Singapore, and he's still one of the most approachable people in the space if you can actually get through the crowd that's always around him. Super oh, yeah. Nice he,
2: I, he, he legitimately loves cryptocurrency, and I yeah. think that's, that's really cool. That's more of the type of people we, we want there rather than people who are maybe shilling one protocol over another, or they get really tribal about it and say, you have to use this over the, or something else. Just people who say, just get into it somehow. Here's like a little way you can start to use it. Here's how it's useful. And they just sort of want to help people get into it. I think that's very cool.
1: Yeah. I know Twitter's been having fun ripping him lately, but I think he's one of the best ambassadors for the space that we actually have. And uh, despite, you know, being a real rock star that everyone loves like i still consider like underappreciated for the things he's done that's just my personal opinion lastly if this was the first podcast getting into the space that someone had listened to what would you want them to know about getting involved in crypto if they haven't quite got in yet
2: um i would say don't don't get intimidated if you can get involved in really any way that you want it could be as simple as buying something on a custodial exchange, learning a little bit about it. Uh, just trying to do something interesting. Crypt Nation, Maybe just you want a, code, a friendly you a neighborhood, neighborhood smart reminder smart to go or or to
0: www.crypto2020summit.com uh, and register really for the free conference pass to the online summit. Crypto 2020 Summit, we got 60 speakers in the world. who are giving their bold predictions for prices that and for bold predictions or, uh, for a a technological development in this crazy crypto space. So if you want to be the first to how know you like the to get into it? And you fine. want to make sure that you're very, in very touch good and word of in tune. Uh, go to crypto2020summit.com uh, kryp- right that somebody now. Somebody comes and on and says free. this uh, kind of stuff. You just take it to heart. Uh, these are people that have been in the space for a long time and have had weathered many, many storms. And so don't take what they say lightly. Galen, thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, you know We really appreciate your time today and we wish you all the best. Oh, yeah. Thanks for having me, guys. Great to be on.
1: Absolutely. Thanks for being here.